one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning, and welcome to Separate with Lynn. Today, we will begin by hearing from Barry Ames about a really fun fundraising event uh, that he attended last week in support of Community Living Cambridge. Um, then we're going to hear from uh, Lourdes Toro and Denise Gruber about the work uh, of Community Living Cambridge as well. How do you measure the value of advice? It's one of life's intangibles, but most of us seek it out before making important decisions. The best advice is meaningful and impactful and as unique as the person receiving it. And while some people think they can manage on their own and are satisfied with the results, they may not even be aware of the opportunities they're missing or the mistakes they might be making. This is particularly true when it comes to financial security planning, where good advice can be worth its weight in gold. That's because receiving financial security advice is not just about having access to a wide variety of financial products. It's about developing a relationship with a financial expert who will take the time to understand your financial situation, work with you to develop a plan to achieve your goals, and help you stay on track despite life's twists and turns. Many independent studies confirm that financial security advice gives you, the investor, a greater chance of increasing your savings by maintaining a disciplined approach, being better prepared for a comfortable retirement, selecting the most tax-efficient investment strategies for all stages of your life, and successfully navigating unexpected financial or personal challenges. And despite what many people think, you don't need to be wealthy to benefit. In fact, it's never too late or too soon to work with an advisor. Some might even say you can't afford not to. To learn more about how you can take advantage of the value of financial security advice, send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. Or send Barry Ames uh, an email at Barry at stepright.ca. That's B A R R Y at stepright, S T E P R I G H T.ca. And we'll arrange to have a chat with you. Barry Ames is a certified financial planner operating his practice out of Stepright Capital Planning in St. George, Ontario. Barry has 25 years of experience in the financial services industry, beginning his career with the CIBC. He is the newest member on the Board of Directors of Community Living Cambridge. Lourdes Toro has been working for Community Living Cambridge for 14 years. Her position was as a direct support weekend staff in a group home that supports people with um, high medical needs as her first position. She served in many different positions in the agency. She currently serves as Director of Program Development and Residential Services. Her job is to ensure that Community Living Cambridge is a cutting-edge agency that provides opportunities for people to better enjoy their lives. 
Denise Gruber is the Executive Director for Community Living Cambridge. She has worked for Community Living Cambridge for the past 29 years, serving in a wide variety of positions, all related to development services, from working in a provincial institution in Woodstock, Ontario, uh, to community-based supports, working with assessments and vocational placements. Barry, I hear you were at a... Good morning. I hear you were at a unique fundraising event uh, last week. Uh, could you tell us about that? Sure, Lynn. Uh, like I said, good morning, and thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, last Thursday night, I attended an event. It was entitled Fabulous Fashions, Beauty Redesigned. This was a, uh, a fashion show and auction, which was held at Bingham's in Kitchener, and it's a, a huge fundraiser for Community Living Cambridge. Now, I was a, a first-timer at the event, but uh, I understand, Lynn, that this was the sixth annual event of its kind. It was a sellout crowd, and I understand that it's been a sellout each and every year. Wow. And uh, it was a lot of fun. As you walked in the room, it was evident that there were a huge number of generous supporters who had donated items for the for the silent auction table. There was table after table after table filled with... Uh, some some terrific uh, some terrific prizes for uh, for folks to, to to bid on. The highlight of the evening, though, was clearly the fashion show. Um, and this fashion show, then, the, the models were to the greatest degree many of the clients that we support. And young and old, they the, these participants walked the catwalk, and they were often accompanied by one of a number of uh, OPP police officers all dressed in uniform who escorted them mm. up and down the up and down the catwalk. Uh there was lots of laughter, there were some tears as we enjoyed everyone's performance and uh the young men and women of community living Cambridge looked like they had the world by the tail as they as they <laughs> modeled the fashions. It was a it was a great night. Right. So so everybody was everybody was having a good time and uh and they weren't all uh perfect models, I guess. <laughs> I guess perfect they were perfect the mo- perfect models for this uh, but not as what we think of of that uh uh unattainable kind of uh a model. Well, certainly not. Denise who you'll hear from shortly, she she spoke of how at many fashion shows you might you might attend you look at the you you look at the models and you think gosh, I'd never look good in that fit in that outfit or that would never fit me. Whereas this was the sort of night where everyone walked away thinking, "Wow, that was a terrific evening." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it was great. Yeah. So it was a um, pretty real, as opposed to, um, you know, what we might see at a fashion show where we might, uh, you know, feel that it wasn't so real. <laughs> Sounds like you. It was quite a real event. <laughs> Oh, it was it was real, all right. No, it, it was it was terrific. It was a, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and like I said, the the uh, the men and women who modeled looked like they were dressed like a looking like they they were king for a day or queen for a day, with mm-hmm. their faces made up and uh, some of the fashions that had been donated by uh, we'd worked the, the the agency had worked with a number of a number of uh, stores in the community. Uh, they were all dolled up. It, they, they all look great. That's and, great. Uh, it clearly, clearly showed. So I, I understand you're um, a new member uh, on the board of Community Living Cambridge. Why is yes. uh, that a good fit for you? 
Well, you're right. I am a new new member. Um, I I took on the role of being one of the members of the board at the uh, annual meeting of Community Living Cambridge back in uh, in June. My involvement with Community Living Cambridge goes back about 17 years or so. Um, I've mentioned on some of your previous programs, Lynn, that I have a son with with autism. And uh, Community Living Cambridge was very helpful at the time at helping to steer my wife and I through the process of a of a diagnosis for my son, Mark, and helping to understand that we'd be seeing a variety of specialists, from audiologists to psychometrists and whatnot, before a diagnosis would uh, would be made. And uh, that was a real emotional roller coaster for for my family as we, and like I said, as we as we mm-hmm. kind of stick handled our way through that process. And the the, the division of Community Living Cambridge, where we were involved at that point, were they were terrific help at helping to hold our hands through that that whole identification process. So yeah. My my son he's uh he's now 18 year years of age he's still in school and I don't anticipate needing the services of Community Living Cambridge a great deal for a few years yet until mm-hmm. Mark is 21 years of age and out of school okay. and I'm sure at that point uh, as a dad I'll be working very closely with Community Living Cambridge again to help uh, better support Mark and and, uh, and my family. Mhm. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed the uh the fundraiser and uh it oh, it's kicked it's kicked off your uh your membership uh on the board in a nice way. It it, it was a great night. All that's around. great. So, uh Lourdes, um how did this fundraiser get started? Good morning. Thank you for having us in your show today. Oh, uh it's a yeah, pleasure. Well, this is the sixth um time we we have the show and it always started because we were looking for an opportunity to do a fundraiser that not only help us to um, get some money that we need so much for programs that are not funded but also an opportunity to connect with the community mm-hmm. and while we do that to be able to celebrate like, the lives of people that we support and so one day I attended a personal planning meeting which is a meeting that every person we support has every year where they share hopes and dreams, um, surrounded by a circle of supporters that will help them mm-hmm. um, work towards um, meeting those goals and, and, and achieving those dreams. And uh, I was there, and one of the the, the person that was being celebrated um, during his personal planning meeting said that he wanted to be a fashion model, and that oh, he wow. wanted to be in a in a Sears catalog. And <laughs> so you know, our heads start spinning, and how do we do that, and how do we help? Uh, you know, that dream yeah. could come true. And so I realized that there were some fashion shows happening in the local high schools, and so I approached them and I asked them, you know, can he be in the fashion show? And they told me no because he was a student. Right. And then I realized that they um, fundraise money and they have a number of agencies um, lining up to to be the recipients of the money that those high schools um, raise for their, doing their fashion show. So I said, okay, okay so... Is there a possibility that my agency can be uh, the recipient of that money? And they told me that it was about four to five years wait list. No, okay. So although I was a little bit disappointed, I walk away thinking, hey, we don't need to wait for five years. We can do our own fashion show. Right. So, so it was really a blessing that they said no. <laughs> yeah. In a way, it was <laughs> one of the most amazing blessings we've had. So I go back to Denise, who... um you know, she has this 
wonderful way of believing in people that have visions and dreams that probably other people will say, what are you talking about? We we don't have any experience on fashion shows, and we don't Mm -hmm. know anything about modeling and all that stuff. But instead, Denise, um, who you'll hear from in a couple minutes, said, hey, that sounds like a really interesting idea. How are you going to do that? So we started planning. We had a really great support from the board and uh, with some local um, community partners that are into, you know, fashion and, and shows and modeling and all that, we put together the first one, and it was an immediate success. And not only that, but also these person who had that dream of one day being in a, the runway modeling actually had the ability to fulfill that, that dream. And right. so it became this amazing thing that, you know, for a while we thought it was going to be a little fundraiser, maybe somewhere in a small venue where families um, could come and see their kids modeling, and instead turn out into this sellout event every year that brings very needed funds to our agency. And with so many blessings that we cannot count, the people that come in and join us and are understanding that we're not that different from each other, from the people mm-hmm. that are in the runway, feeling like their lives are celebrated, and uh, you know, and we decided to call it beauty redesigned because nobody owns the definition of beauty, and there's mm-hmm. beauty in everybody. And uh, yeah, so you know, 500 tickets um, for six years, approximately. 500 and, tickets. That's wonderful. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, we count the money. We can count the tickets that we cannot imagine the ability to count the blessings and the connections that the agency makes in the community and the, you know, smiles and joy that the people that are there, either modeling or participating in any other way, volunteering or coming and buying a ticket and sit down and watch the show. Um, yeah. Have. So that's how that's, it all started. And that's and that's wonderful because it's getting harder and harder to to figure out ways um, ways to do fundraisers and um, you know some of the things that used to work don't work so well. So this is just incredible that you've um, come up with with this event, the six years in a row, um, to have that that kind of support from the community. That's that's really amazing. Uh, oh, we're going to take a. Yeah, we're going to take a short break right now, um, and um, and we'll come right back, um, and we want to learn more about this. All right. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. 
or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. This is Step Right with Lynn. Uh, we're talking with representatives from Community Living Cambridge. Uh, right now I'm speaking with Lourdes, um, who has been involved with a very special fundraiser that uh, Community Living Cambridge puts on. It's a uh, fashion show. Um, Lourdes, Barry mentioned that the OPP are involved in helping you with this. How did they get involved? Well, um, we understand that some of the models have some mobility barriers and um, challenges, so we needed to make sure that every opportunity that we had to enhance the show was by um, inviting the community to participate. Mm-hmm. And so we we felt like what better um, way of helping them than, you know, having the uh, OPP involved and um it just so happens that we have a really good connection in the OPP. Um, Denise Esson is an OPP officer, and, and we asked mm-hmm. them to, to uh, if they will be willing to participate. And uh, immediately we had a we had a yes. So, so whose idea was help. it to whose idea was it to get them involved? I I can't be. Do you remember? I can't exactly remember who, but what we wanted to be is. This this didn't need to be an event that it was uh, isolated and segregated and just us and our families, but the community. So every mm-hmm. single need was fulfilled by community participation and community integration. So I think it came from there. I cannot remember. It's been a few years now, uh, the exact reason why. But what we know for mm-hmm. sure is that from the beginning they said yes, and they have been awesome. faithful supporters of the of the show. Yeah, that's great. So, what other what other um, community connections are involved in the in the fashion show? Well, we have um, obviously a lot of the um, stores, local commu- lo- local stores, um, chains, uh, people that have um, uh, own, uh, stores owned by community members, and uh, we have, for example, uh, Gatsby, who is a um, they 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 sell clothing for men and it's like a mm-hmm. high end um clothing store for men and uh Mr. Gatsby okay. has been nothing but generous so from the beginning from the first oh, year wonderful. without knowing us he said yes and so as you know a series of uh, different um stores um have helped us and you know we have made connections that maybe without the fashion show we were never really needed to make um mm-hmm. lots of gifts from Family members in all their business in the community uh, contribute to the um, to the silent auction. Mm-hmm. Um, musicians, uh, the decorating of the whole businesses. Everybody wants to help out. I have I have stores calling me to say, "Hey, we've been your neighbors for so many years. I've heard you has you have a fashion show, and how come you haven't asked me for my clothing?" And just incredible, oh, yeah? incredible, wow. yeah. Yeah, the first year we had to do a little bit of a please, please, please. <laughs> right. And then as it turned out to be so good, we actually had people from the community wanting to be um, involved in the show. Wanting to be involved. Wow, that's that's terrific. Um, that's wonderful that you've got so many people involved. Um, it really, um, you know, that's 
sort of the definition of the fundraiser, isn't it? That um, that you get a lot of people involved, and um, right. I mean the money's important too, um, but just the uh, the goodwill that comes with it, I think, is very important too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what ways has the has the fashion show? Like, what meaning does it have for you personally? How do you feel about it now? Well, for me, it's it's just a first of all, it's a lot of work. So we the, the show is always the second Thursday of November, and then mm-hmm. you know by December the first, we already have met to start planning the right next, next year. This it's a lot of work, but every year during the show and right after when you get all these people saying that was amazing and and I'm I'm going to bring somebody next year and I'm going to involve my store or my business next year and how can we help I think it's just a lot of the satisfaction what this show does to people like me is that dissolves dissolves the um, illusion that we are different so you're there you feel so good and you don't understand why that you feel so good is because you connect you connect to people, mm-hmm. to emotions, to different kinds of beauty, to all kinds of things that um, otherwise you wouldn't know. Uh, in a very gentle way, people who have never any interaction with people with a developmental disability come and go realizing that, that we really are not that different from each other, that right. deep down we are one and we're the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it does for me. It's just, it's just a, it's just, it really a, a party and a celebration for us. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a wonderful that's a wonderful theme, um, the inclusiveness and the um, and that and that realization that um, that deep down we are all the same. So exactly. that's that's a that's a wonderful that's a wonderful message, and it sounds like it's really a lot of fun too. <laughs> it is. It a really lot of sounds fun, good. So so maybe maybe now that Barry's on the board. Maybe I've got a chance of getting a ticket to this sold-out event. I'm telling you, if you come once, it won't be just one time. Next thing, you bring your family. It's it's great. Like it, it is really yeah. great. You feel good to participate, and you'll have fun. Yeah. So, well, ho- hopefully, hopefully, I've got a connection now that I'll be able to get a hold of a ticket. You have <laughs> three terrific. connections now. You can talk to me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome, Denise. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. So what um tell us your experience with the fashion show. Well, a few comments that I would add on to what Lourdes has shared and truly it was her vision, it was the seed that she planted that uh she was able to share and a number of people picked up on it. And so there's a core group of people who just work like Trojans to get this this event on the on the like catwalk. It. Oh yes, and it's mm-hmm. just, it really is a, an exciting evening. I've, a few things that that I understand that I have witnessed over the years with the fashion show is that the people who attend in whatever manner, whether as guests or participants or supporters, they walk away having felt and feeling now that they are part of a community. They're part of something special. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's, that's been one of the biggest uh, benefits because it doesn't just stop that night. And right. people people feel that I my life has been changed, and I've actually had people say, to, say that to me. <laughs> Friends have uh, uh, asked me after the fact, is it normal to cry at a fashion show? <laughs> and it's because hearts get touched 
there is something different. This is not about a superficial event, but it's right. very much about a very deep felt um, connection, and it's wonderful. And our, uh, as Lourdes indicated, our fashion show is inclusive. So where we have uh, models that are some of the people that we're privileged to walk with in life, um, we've also had uh, one year we had one of the runners-up from Canada's Next Top Model as one of our models. Okay. We've, yeah, we've had um, a fashion designer, an award-winning designer for from both uh, the, the red carpets in um, Hollywood to Toronto, um, who has designed gowns specifically for our show. Um, oh, that's very people, cool. Mm-hmm. So people, mm-hmm. it's it's not simply, okay, yes, sure, I'll, I'll help with another fundraiser, but rather people are investing themselves and they're getting something back, and that's such a blast to see, mm-hmm. such a joy. Over the five years, we haven't tallied everything from our sixth year yet. As mm-hmm. a fundraiser, it has been um, very successful. We've raised over $100,000 um, wow. over the five years. And, that's terrific. Uh, yes, because that supports programs that we simply don't have funding for. And, yeah, and um, Lourdes mm-hmm. had mentioned that as well. What What are those programs that aren't funded that the fashion show um, fills the need for? Well, there's two specific program areas. One is our seniors program. In the field of developmental services, I'm I'm going to take you on just a little bit of a history uh, trip, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind. In the field of developmental services over the years, there's been a wonderful phenomena that has happened, and that is that people with developmental disabilities, like anybody else, are living longer. Oh, right. Yes. And where before in the field, we really weren't looking at meeting needs of any folks who were either seniors or elderly. That's now a very real need before us because people are living um, well into their 70s, 80s, um, and, and close to 90 at this point, at least within our agency. And so we didn't have a seniors program. Our Most of our funding, about 82%, uh, is received from the government um, as a transfer payment agency. We are are fortunate to have these funds, but that mm-hmm. also means a good part is not funded. Um, right. And seniors is one of those. And so these funds allow us to provide some integrated day programming for folks who no longer wish to work or be in um, work programs and want to enjoy their senior years. Through that mm-hmm. program, we connect with a lot of the seniors program in the community. Again, a big focus and desire for us is that we support people to be part of their community in integrated programs as much as possible. So the funds support that program. Mm-hmm. And as well, um, another program which is a transitional program more for younger people who are transitioning from school and approaching their life path of what are they going to do with their their lives now. And it is a program that teaches some work skills. It continues with some educational models, and it helps people to learn how to integrate in a recreation and leisure component um, with their community. So, again, those two programs directly benefit from the funds of the fashion show. That's great. Um, 
I think that before we, uh, we've been talking about the fashion show, before we get into, um, you know, the other work of community living, I think that maybe we'll take our break right now, and then we'll, we'll get right into learning more about your organization after this break. Great. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, today I have uh, representatives from Community Living Cambridge uh, who have been telling us about um, a, a great fundraiser, something that's been very successful in the community um, and has been raised funds for um, different different uh, functions of Community Living Cambridge that um, don't get funding from other, uh, from other sources. Um, so, Denise, tell us a bit more about the, the work of Community Living Cambridge. Well, Community Living Cambridge has uh, grown from a very grassroots beginning that was developed by a number of parents who got together because there were no schooling for their sons and daughters who had some special needs. Now, okay. one of the things for our agency is this is our 60th anniversary year. So wow. we actually, I know, <laughs> we began yeah. in uh, 1954, and truly it it was uh, beginning as a response to a need. And that really has been the tone for the agency through the next 60 years, that as needs of people become evident, we look for ways that we can respond that mm-hmm. enhance lives and uh, allow people to live full lives. So... What began as a small nursery school with seven children is now grown to an agency that supports over 500 people. Uh, We have about 325 staff. We Mm -hmm. provide services through residential support, so we have many, many group homes that people live in a communal setting, a small communal setting, because Mm -hmm. we try to uh, ensure that it's very much a home-like setting. And as well, people live independently in apartments and uh, and have needs that vary from very complex medical needs where we're supporting people just managing um, feeding and, and body positioning through to people who are uh, married and working and looking at having families. And so our mm-hmm. supports range in that. 
Mm-hmm. And so in that, too, we also have developed very strong work programs for people who want to be gainfully employed but may need some different supports to allow that to be a reality. So our employment programs work with individuals to look for skill and skill development and then work with them looking into the community for appropriate matches, job matches, and Mm -hmm. uh, negotiate with different employers. We have things like job coaches who will work with the individual on site to learn a task uh, or to adapt a task that will allow them to be successful with it. Mm-hmm. Can Having you give us some that, examples um, of um, some successful placements in the community? Uh, we have had some placements with people who are working in a car manufacturing uh, plant mm-hmm. that's uh, in, located in Cambridge, which is a, mm-hmm. a very big uh, venture for sure. We have people mm-hmm. who are working with the local police department. Um, we have uh, folks who are in retail sales and as well in the food industry. So, okay. And that's not a comprehensive list. That's just to give you an idea. So so if someone was taking a job in manufacturing, for instance, you would have someone who would go in initially with them to make sure that um, that the job suited the person or? Yes. And what that person, and and that person would be referred to as a job coach, that person would be able to ensure that the components of the the job itself or the task, what's required, were well understood. And if that meant that the individual may need a little extra training time or time to adapt to what is required, then the job coach is there both to do the training and pick up the slack until the person is able to um, complete the task at the required levels. Um, okay. So the job coach is is really critical to the link between the person sometimes and their place of employment. Because what we found, it's it's changing, Lynn. Over the years, I've seen dramatic changes in the field. What is changing is people's understanding and acceptance that people who have an obvious developmental disability are still valuable people, and Mm -hmm. they are still people who can perform. Where before, fear or lack of understanding, it actually resulted in people just believing that this person can't do anything. And so the job coach was often that bridge to understanding. Between the employer as well? That's right, the employee and okay. the other uh, co-workers at that location. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was a real learning curve of stop seeing the disability and start seeing the person. Yeah, and, and over potential, the years, right? Absolutely, that, that, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, and, and everyone ahead. wants to make a contribution, right? Most people do. Most people, I believe, have an inherent desire to be supportive and helpful and giving. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm thinking of your client too, though, right? They they oh, want absolutely. to make a contribution to the world the same as anyone else. That's That's absolutely correct, and we're seeing and hearing that as we help people to make sure that they are aware that they can use their voice and have a right to state their, their desires. Absolutely. People simply, they, they don't want, uh, well, uh, it's hard to classify because as soon as you speak about any group of, of people, there are individuals, right? But yes. many people simply want 
the opportunities that anyone else would have. And in some mm-hmm. cases, that with that opportunity, it's not always successful because that's life. Right. Yeah. And when that doesn't, yeah. when it's, if it's not successful, then it's what's another way? Where's right. the next opportunity? Yeah. Um, so, so what is what is your client doing for the police department? Um, working in the filing room mm-hmm. uh, and working with some of the the tasks that are associated with the administrative pieces of filing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would suppose that in that case, there's there's a strength to in um, in sticking to a task that. Um, some of us might find as a boring task, right? Well, there is so there's that a skill component. there. There is that component. Um, for some people, again, that's part of the job matching. Uh, yep. Some folks are are happy and and desire to do a task that remains the same, so that they're not dealing with changes in expectations or pay. Sure. Or dynamics, mm-hmm. and so when that that works best for a person, then those jobs are ideal matches for them. And we right. have found, and employers have given us this feedback for years and years and years. On a day uh, when other people are saying, "I can't come in," the weather's too difficult uh, with the <sighs> snow, etc. Most often, the the person that we have uh, helped to place there is at the door, ready to go. Right, they are dependable, right. and but again, that's not every single person because people, uh, the people that we support also need to learn mm-hmm. good work skills and yes. uh, positive expectations and reliability and dependability, and not everybody mm-hmm. has that. So, right, right. Um, but in that case where they show up when when others don't in, in the weather, like it's um, they're really valuing their position, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so that's great. So, um have we mentioned uh, all the different programs? It sounds like there is a lot going on. Have we mentioned everything? Well, I I'm not sure that uh that that's possible even, but Lourdes, are there <laughs> ones that you would highlight here? Well, just you know, I guess when I, when you guys were talking about the the importance of of contributing, I think that's that's the real meaning of belonging in a community. And so, you know, maybe in in the, in the past, in the history of developmental services, people who had a developmental disability many years ago um, were isolated and segregated to uh, areas where their participation was none or very limited. And so one of the most important missions of Community Living in Cambridge is to find ways to gain access to to have people integrated in a community where they belong Mm-hmm. Legally mm-hmm. and ethically, and you know, just because it's their human rights, and you cannot belong anywhere if you don't have the space and the uh, opportunity to give back. And so right. that's why when we um, when we gain access to an employer that did not nothing about, didn't know nothing about it, developmental disabilities, never hire anybody who had a visible disability, and the person that we're supporting goes there and. And it's there every day, and it's excited to work. And it, we change we change things, not just for the mm-hmm. person with a disability, but we change things for the community. And so that's right. that's another work that that we do very uh, very 
gently in 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 maybe not as noticeable as you know the numbers of people that we have plays and jobs but the impact mm-hmm. that those people make are incredible right and, and the, oh sorry go ahead well i was going to say it it sounds like the education that you're doing in the community it's almost like it happens one person at a time it's not something that you can um you know, stand up in front of a group and teach or, you know, it doesn't matter how many pamphlets you might put out. It's not going to be as um, as effective as placing that person in that position. Absolutely. And that's a very valid point because it's, it is about the human connection versus right. the uh, narrative that uh, I can speak... Lourdes can speak uh, many, many times to many people about the the value of integration, the value of inclusion. It's when mm-hmm. somebody has a name and a face and says, I know that person, and that person right. is a good person. And that makes a, that is what creates the inclusion and the acceptance. So. Mm-hmm. You asked about programs. Um, we We have many more programs other than simply the employment piece and the seniors piece because one of we there's still hurdles this is still a a mountain that we're climbing and mm-hmm. or again over the years the changes that have occurred have been wonderful but we aren't at the peak yet and so mm-hmm. things like friendships can still be challenging um mm-hmm. as individuals go to school together they they tend to hang out like any group of teens do but often sure. uh, post high school as other people perhaps are heading off to universities and and different aspects of life some of the people that we would be involved with are not included in those things they're not included now in the the circles of of activities and friendships that uh, perhaps once was there and and that's a a very real issue that we are aware of and we try to work towards to make some differences and so some of the programs that we offer, they're they're wonderful. They're a combination of uh, social and um, just positively skills. So, for example, one of the programs is called Freeze Ease, which is a time when people get together and they cook together. And uh, with, of course, some support and some help and guidance. And then they are packaging the different meals in freezer packs so they can then take them home and they oh, have okay. meals. Okay, so we we do that kind of a thing. We have a social night for the gentlemen that they will go out and do any number of activities that uh, young men might do. Um, so, um, what it, you can fill in whatever you think a young man might do, <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. working to help them uh, gather for that kind of thing. Um, we have a very vibrant um, arts program, so we have various artists in the community who will uh teach a class and oh, so in this past yeah so in this past year we've had uh a very strong showing in photography and have actually done some community shows at uh, local businesses with uh, the photographs and they've been sold we've had um acrylic paints um and we were actually in our area the mayor has a celebration of the arts once a year, and we were their guest right. group this year for our artists to show their their work. 
and um, and it's just oh, wow. open amazing doors for people. Um, so our our programs are varied. One of the things that we're working with right now is uh, a planning piece that for families like Barry, if you don't mind me using you as an example, families who have a young son or daughter who is transitioning from school to uh, adulthood and the rest of their lives, that we will sit down with them and help do some planning, some navigating of very much what Lourdes spoke of earlier around the plan, the personal planning piece. What is it that you're interested in? What is it you hope for? And then and understanding that, what are the steps that would be needed to get there? Because sometimes your your goal may be uh, so far down the road, it's still valid, but you need to build in the steps to get there, no different than, again, you and I have had to do in life. And so we mm-hmm. offer that kind of planning to people, um, which has been, that's that's very much taking off as well. We have one of our um, stepping out, which okay. helps people to come in and who, when families are saying, my son, my daughter want to live on their own, I don't know if they're ready. So they're able to come in and uh, spend a number of days and nights uh, in the apartment program where we'll complete an assessment and develop a plan of here are the things that you would you could focus on to help you prepare to be ready to move out or you're, it seems you're ready to move out. And then we have a program that as people move out, we, we have supports for them um, to ensure that they remain safe and learn the things that they need to right. carry on with. Right. Um, so what would you say is the greatest challenge for the organization right now? Well, well, I would sadly the first thing that comes to mind is um our our budgets because mm-hmm. we we have to generate money to be able to support our programs. We absolutely recognize and value the the many, many good uh, charities that are in our area who are all facing the same thing. Unfortunately, we are all vying for the same donor dollars. Mm-hmm. And the population group uh, that is supported through developmental services is almost invisible. So we don't have the the public profile that some of the other needs have. And again, I'm always so cautious because we don't want to be in competition with other very real and valid needs. But our area for developmental is often only known about by the people who require the supports and services. And so our big, big, big challenge is our profile um, so that people know about us but also a commitment to um, the value in these services. So money is a, is an issue, absolutely, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. I think, okay. if I may, um, another of our challenges is to stay current. Um, things, you know, change for people with developmental disabilities. The uh, What they wanted 20 years ago, what the families wanted 20 years ago, in essence, was the same, but now we have different ways to deliver it. Um, I think for now, um, what I hear the most when I talk to families is they want to know that whether the parents are alive 
in 20 years or not, their mm. kids with developmental disabilities will be supported, will have a right. place to live, will have a social um, circle that will um, make sure that they're okay. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, they they, they want to be able to work. They want to be able to stay connected because I guess we believe that the only true disability is loneliness and isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think that our programs are looking in in ways to engage people and to have them supported by – they will always have a developmental disability once you have one. But mm-hmm. the challenge is how do you remain connected, supported, um, cared for, that right. despite that your parents aren't there or the, the primary care providers aren't there anymore. So I think those are the also challenges that we Yeah, and, we I, face and I think that that is a huge issue for um, for parents with a developmentally um, challenged disabled child. Chi- yeah, absolutely. A, a disabled uh, child is to, you know, what is going to happen when they're when they're not still around. Absolutely, is the number one. Uh, concern in yet yeah, totally understand uh, understandable so you know we need to ensure that you know that the community will be supportive there will be employment there will be medical services there will be uh capable you know doctors who understand the differences and the similarities of you know supporting the health of people with developmental disabilities everything so mm-hmm. yeah that that's that's the so, other the so. other side of the coin i guess yeah, so the sense I'm getting is that that we have a lot of good programs in place, but your role is also to make sure that somebody's not in an in-between stage of these different programs. So it sounds like it's very challenging because you've got so many varied needs because each person's an individual. That That is absolutely the case. And the interesting facet that we need to look at it these days is the changing landscape. Uh, I have been in, this has been my career work, so I've been in the field for a very long time. And I've seen the change from uh, large institutions that housed hundreds and hundreds of people with developmental disabilities to the transition to community-based locations like group homes, etc. And the province of Ontario no longer has any institutions, uh, and for that I'm very, very happy. But the landscape has changed now where where once a group home was viewed as the uh, best solution for individuals, families these days are, are feeling that, no, I want something more independent for my son and my daughter, and mm-hmm. how can we get that? And unfortunately, again, with limited funds, the creativity has to uh, come from all aspects of what family can bring to the table, what we can creatively bring to the table. Uh, so it, the, the landscape has changed, and we and when Lourdes said we need to stay current, we're not. We don't have the luxury to sit on our laurels and say yes, this is what we have, because unfortunately, the wait lists for services are huge. And okay. where I mentioned earlier, one of the positive things is people are living longer. That also means that there are more people in the system. So okay. it's it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So please tell us how people can help. Well, well uh, they can uh, connect with us. They can uh, join us as a volunteer. It's a really fulfilling 
um, opportunity to, you know, to get involved. Mm-hmm. If um, if you connect to our website, communitylivingcambridge.ca, um, you will find different ways. We definitely need um, funds, so mm-hmm. any 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 contribution, uh, financial contribution, will definitely help the programs that we are uh, currently having and the ones that we are hoping to develop in the next um, future. And uh, I believe also by accepting that people with developmental disabilities are are there like they go to school with your children uh they will be employed in 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 settings where other people are employed that looking at people with developmental disabilities you know sharing common places with you should be the norm and not mm-hmm. the exception um you know being open being accepting understanding that everybody has a contribution to make. There are many ways, yeah. but I guess one of the ways that we can invite people to do to join us is by first of all that Call us, come check our website, um, and if you have any ideas, any ways that you're thinking right now that you can help Community Living Cambridge and the about 500 people that are supported by our agency, um, our phones are yep, waiting for your call. I think um, the, the sense I get is that we have just scratched the surface today as far as programs and, and how people could help. Um, so we may have to do this another time uh, to provide more information. But thank you so much, Barry and Lourdes and Denise, uh, for being with us on Step Right with Lynn and, and telling us about uh, what's going on there. Thanks well, so thank much. Thank you. Thank no you. problem. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's Bye-bye. been my pleasure. Um, so I would like to remind our listeners, uh, join us next week when my guest will be the lovely and talented Rachel Clark. Uh, Rachel's going to tell us about her work in Kenya. Uh, you won't want to miss that. She's very passionate uh, about her work there. Remember, I welcome your thoughts, your comments, your questions, suggestions for guests or ideas for show topics. Uh, you can send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. I'd love to chat with you. Remember, I'm here to help. This is Lynn, and the show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.